I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being silly, all right? So, I refilled it for you. Go. Oh, thank you. Um, how do I tie in this up? Yeah, has a little knob. Yeah, you do that. Mm-hmm. I don't really like. Is Hello? it? Hello. How do I sound? Oh, you can you hear me? Yeah. Is that too loud? No. All right. <coughs> I don't mind things sounding a little bit louder anyway. Oh, you mean? Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right. So. This is, if I'm not mistaken, Zach, mm-hmm. this is my fourth, our fourth episode of this podcast. And y- you are our first guest. Oh, well. Uh, I'll take that as some sort of uh, achievement in my life. This is the first podcast I've ever done. So if I'm your first guest, there's a lot of firsts going on there. Thank you. It is. Yeah. So this is number four. Um, number four. You're honestly my ideal first guest. Yeah, I've always like for a while. I've always wanted to like, yeah, record our conversations because at work we have some interesting yeah, conversations. Some pretty weird shit going on. Yeah, um, my bad. No, you're good. <laughs> you yeah. Wanna introduce yourself? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, my name is Zachariah. I, I guess my full name is Zachariah Smoots. Um, I've no age and occupation. Age occupation. <laughs> uh, I'm 29 now. I think. Yeah, I just my twenty nine foot. I just came up. Um, my occupation uh, for now is I, I, a tool technician uh, at Home Depot. At Home Depot, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's uh, how we met. I try to fix things sometimes whenever I have time, but yeah. Jesus Christ, there's no time now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what were you before? You served in the Air Force, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the Air Force for six years. Uh, I was an aircraft mechanic. I uh, I worked on C-130s, E's, H's, and J's. And then my last year to year and a half was spent in Arizona here. Um, <coughs> uh, I was on F-35s, which are beautiful and beautiful pain in the asses. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I bet, bro. Yeah, they, yeah. they just look like they'd be very confusing to work around with. Yeah, it's it's more of like... Without getting into too much detail, it's more of like uh, you have to work under all of their tight fit panels, and like it's the shape of the aircraft is uh, to hide from radar. It's easier to hide from radar, so the angles are really weird, jagged, and <laughs> the paint that they have on it, and like the the weight, the just the size of it, just makes everything that you want or need to do to it just that much harder to do to it because. Uh, all the compartments are cramped. The uh, uh, things are kind of like shoved together in places just to fit. And yeah, there's not a lot of working knowledge, uh, at least for general maintenance or general, uh, uh, ca- uh, yeah, g- general maintenance to care for the aircraft without having been on it myself mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. Uh, with C-130s, there was like 40, 30, 40 years of like understanding of that aircraft. Yeah, they have oh. all that shit documented. Plus, like bulletproof. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, no, no, real talk. Like, uh, there's, there's some. Uh, I've never, I never, um, I never got to uh, deploy. I really wanted to mm. deploy, but there's some uh, stories from some of the people I worked with where they. Uh, deployed with it, and the planes would come back with legitimate, like, you know, fist-sized bullet holes. <laughs> and they would just be gliding around, you know, like, uh, only, like, one engine works, and they just had to fuck, you know, fucking deal with it. it, it and it would still work? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's semi-bulletproof. Um, big old turd in the sky. Uh, but, yeah, the 35s didn't have any of that. Uh it was. It's still building up its like a knowledge legacy and everything. Well, so uh, when you say thirty fives, what do you mean by that? F thirty fives. F thirty fives. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Damn. Like, yeah, yeah. So like how many total amount of planes have you worked on? How many? You like mean different types? Like how many? Not different, oh, types, different but types. Like in total, like how many? Oh shit! Like were you stuck on? Have you ever been stuck on the same one for like a large amount of time? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So um, the way that it goes, uh, I was a crew chief, right? Mm-hmm. So crew chiefs are just. They are the general maintainer, in a sense. So, 
the aircrafts are the property of our squadrons, and the squadrons divvy them out to, uh, I can't remember the vernacular, uh, to different teams, uh, so that each team can have a crew of crew chiefs for different shifts, usually three shifts, um, days, mids, swings, um, and it's to divide up the planes so that work can be distributed evenly and also uh, each crew chief or each plane should have like a total of three crew chiefs that are dedicated to that plane or to that aircraft. Um, and those are those crew chiefs usually know what the just what the hell's going on, what's coming up with it and everything. And I had my own. I mean, uh, I finally got my own. I was like the second on the aircraft, and I, uh, before we left, or we had to, um, we had to swap our squadron over from active duty to, was it the guard, I think, yeah, um, back in Little Rock, that's why I ended up over mm-hmm. here, um, I finally got her on my own plane, went to ISO with it, it was fun. This was just like a very long, extensive uh, inspection slash like, you know, you're going in there, you're swapping a whole ass landing gear, whole ass uh, uh, wings and stuff and engines sometimes. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was an interesting time in total, I guess. Uh, glad I did it. Glad I got out of it. Yeah. Well, I get you. So you yeah. You're kind of glad that you got it out the way because you you were in for six years and you're 29. So you it was after 20 years old when you yeah, joined. Yeah. Right? Uh, no, 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 no. I uh, I joined when I was 19. Oh, 19. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I've been out for a little bit. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Three, three, four years now. Four years already. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I got out when I was 25. 19. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. yeah. Regrets or no? During. Um, Before, during, after. Uh, after like a lot of reflection, n- no real regrets before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, during there were some, but never really work uh, oriented regrets. More of like social life regrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I needed to experience that because uh, the culture was pretty much like uh, the antithesis of my base personality, a base character. So uh, a lot more, um, I was, uh, well, yeah, a lot more masculine, but not just that, a lot more uh, heavy, a lot more, um, what is the word called when, a lot more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Actually, like, dealing with that responsibility uh, and the culture and how people dealt with stress or dealt with timelines or dealt with things that needed to get done. And just, like, the mindset was just something I was totally not, um, totally uh, new to. And it was definitely, like, a... Definitely something I had to adjust to mm. not like not a nice way either it, it, i definitely had to get broken down <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i was a uh, very um uh kind sweet naive uh just not used to being responsible for others mm. yeah i get you i get you yeah yeah it's working on aircraft. Is, is there a lot of pressure? When yeah. It comes to it? Yeah. Well, it depends on what you do. Like, you know, there's a lot of things out there that could maim you. You know, take off a finger, take off a foot, take off an arm. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, shit. Yeah, or blow you up, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, that mixed with, like, the long-time possible ramifications of, you know, bathing in hydraulic fluid, you know, huffing asbestos. Uh, huffing beryllium, uh, you know, uh, powder, or it, so asbestos, 
when you s- get exposed to a lot of it, um, and it gets in your respiratory system. Cancer will follow. <laughs> uh, beryllium is a highly, highly cancerous uh, metal. Not. Oh, we're gonna have to pause. Um. Yeah, we can just. Re- yeah, well, I'm definitely oh, eating. What? What? It started it over. It's a- I'll just merge the two audios together. Yeah, no right. worries. I think it's, it should have saved both. If it didn't save both of them. <laughs> that's gonna piss me off but if the first part didn't save we can we'll just save that for another time hopefully next time we come yep. if you're still here before you leave yeah I, I, if i'm still here yeah. before i leave that's a good one yeah I was like <laughs> that's a good one. yeah so mm-hmm. continuing off where you were you were talking i was I asked you about the pressure when it comes to oh yeah you were talking about um uh, asbestos and uh, mm-hmm, the chemical, mm-hmm. right? I was talking about um, something with a G, right? No, it was a uh, beryllium. Beryllium, there you go. Asbestos, asbestos, hydraulic fluid, and even the oil and the f- and the. Can't remember what grade of, uh, um, what grade of fuel we were using. I can't remember. Ninety yeah. one, unleaded. Ha 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 ha. Funny. No. Um. Um. Yeah. Uh. What I was saying was not just the responsibility, but just the lifestyle. The lifestyle. Yeah. And being around all that. Uh. Having to be in not just in charge, but you. You'd have to watch out for the people around you, mm-hmm. and your work is directly involved with uh, another person's life. So leaving something somewhere could possibly, you, if you left any equipment that you brought yeah. outside, like and you left it, I don't know, tangled up somewhere, it could impede some process or some mechanical movement, and then you know you'd have someone's life yeah you know be put on the line with i know i asked you already and you said nothing like that has happened to you but while you were there did you experience something happen to someone else mm-hmm. shit well take your time bro no worries <laughs> yeah nothing crazy i heard stories but nothing crazy nothing crazy that's good yeah um uh, there was a guy. Um, well, my bud almost lost his arm, or my bud was helping someone else move flight controls. Mm-hmm. And uh, can't remember exactly why they were doing it, but um, I told you about my like rational, irrational fear with things under pressure. I think so. You've mentioned yeah. that a couple mm-hmm. times. Anything under pressure. It's like uh, water, air, any kind of fluid under pressure, mm. anything terrifying. Um, like tires. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. for some reason was thinking like like having a fear of being under pressure. No, Okay, no, I was no, like, no, yeah, like, doesn't like everyone get it? Okay, okay, okay I get you. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like very dangerous to work. Mm-hmm. And that was like an everyday thing? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, there was... Um, what was it? 200 PSI or something like that? We put tires under. What the fuck? Yeah. They're big ass tires though. Okay. Yeah. Um, can't remember exactly. I, I dumped this information immediately after I left. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, um, after you serve, you don't you don't necessarily need all what you took Nah. In. It's more of like the skills, the skills and, and, and the confidence. Yeah, the mm. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can turn the wrench confidently. I can turn, I can go out into, um, Work zones where I had to be aware of my surroundings. Yeah, that really actually helped me be more aware of my surroundings. I already kind of was because yeah. um, you do that when well, you need to be. Yeah. In, in order, and when you live in like rougher areas, you have to be aware of your surroundings. If you're not, then like you know, shit could happen. You know? Yeah, shit happens. Yeah, yeah. I've already stumbled a couple times doing that, and uh, no, no more. I don't need to get jumped again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But. 
Yeah, there's like things under pressure just are terrifying. Like uh, I heard a story from one of my, I think he was one of my, not maintenance commander. He was a maintenance commander when he was like a maintenance officer. Mm. Um, was out in a flight line one day, like one of his first days there. Uh, and this was like 30 years ago or something, 20 or 30 years ago. Mm. And a new uh, airman just started working, new crew chief just started working. And he's uh, they're like, okay, get off, go uh, go start tra- taking this tire off, you know? So he was out there, he was out there doing his thing. I think like half of the stuff was already done, like the tire was raised up and everything. So we're all good on that side. Um, but he took off the wrong, the wrong hardware. It's not the nut for the axle. Uh, it was the nut for the wheel halves to be held together. Mm. So it was the two metal bit of pieces that made the wheel half. And then, of course, the rubber with the seal under it. Um, so he took off like a couple of those. And with the rest of the 200 pounds of pressure on that tire, it blew the wheel half off and ripped him apart. Um, <laughs> wow. I thought, I thought base you were stationed at. That, at? You know, it was, I don't think it was the base I was stationed at. It was, um, it was just a story that my, uh, one of my maintenance commanders told me. He was like, Custom yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that kind of shit. So that's why there's like a, it's an extensive like, uh, workbook. It's called TO, Technical Orders mm-hmm. of How to Work on the Aircraft and What's Gone Into It. And there's a lot of, um, AFIs, Air Force instructions, uh, but these are to be adhered to because of safety, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of those, and that's because of situations like that where uh, that young man died because he didn't know what the hell he was doing. Um, Fuck. Yeah, and then uh, like uh, things under pressure again. There, I heard of someone getting like a working on the hydraulic system, mm-hmm. which is what flight controls are. This is like literally. 1,600, 2,500 pounds of pressure going of fluid going through lines. Um, and some people work with work right next to those things, pumping the, uh, the fluid through mm-hmm. lines with the, sh- with the pumps right in their face. Yeah. And they and it, the pressure would be on the lines. So imagine if there's like a cut in the lines or something like that and it squirt and hit you. That's 2,500 pounds of pressure hitting you anywhere. Mm-hmm. It, like this slightest amount, it takes the slightest amount of pressure for your eyeball to pop out of your skull. By the way, <laughs> yeah. So Jesus. yeah, I I, uh, I have a rational, irrational thing a fear of things getting under pressure. Under pressure and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I would too, honestly. If, if I heard shit like that, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but like being in that kind of environment, like uh, you have to be no bullshit. Like always, just alert aware common sense at maximum like because if you're not you could definitely die or have fuck up and hurt someone else maim yourself maim someone else so um yeah i wasn't really ready for that (laughs) wasn't really ready for that like uh definitely um definitely have some had some shit to get through uh mentally in order to to survive or thrive in that kind of mindset, in that kind of area. Yeah. Or culture, I guess. Did, obviously, I'm pretty sure it has changed, but you think, you know, from before you joined, your mentality has changed to how you are now, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. For the better or for the worse? Definitely for the better. Definitely for the better? Okay. It was uh, for the worse for a little bit. That was after, huh? Or was that during? During? Okay. Yeah, during and a little bit after. Um, I, uh, and a lot of anxiety develop and a lot of depression develop because, again, it was like the, uh, the culture was like antithesis to my character at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to have those values of like, you know, discipline um, and that work ethic and then um, that common sense and just as a, that, uh, that handle your shit. Because if you don't, like things, bad things could happen. Like I, I liked, or I value those, or I have, I like those values, and I wanted to incorporate them in myself. But mm-hmm. just the way, uh, it, the way 
the military went about doing that for me or to me was just not, it was not good. The environment was also pretty fucking toxic and all this and all that. And like I said, uh, oh, I, I haven't said on the podcast, but I was raised by women. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not used to that kind of interaction with men. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a, it was a male dominated. It still was a male maintenance anywhere is male dominated, yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh. like um, any mechanic shop. Yeah, yeah. Totally same thing. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is, it is, it is. Um, so just dealing with that is just something like I never, uh, I was never able to uh, do sports because um, I had bad flat feet. My feet kept growing, mm-hmm. and we never took care of that. So you know. My feet hurt, my legs hurt, my hips hurt, all that shit. And since I do, we didn't have the money to like take care of that properly. I couldn't really run around without hurting myself almost like permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I never got to experience those like locker room talks or that kind of like that uh, male interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time I grew, I guess into what uh, people will call themselves like an adult when you're 19, which you're not really. <laughs> um, and I was thrown into the situation where I had to deal with that, like for the first time ever, it was like, Ooh, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, I changed for the better. Um, that was my crucible. Mm-hmm. And since I have definitely grown stronger character wise and just mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of things I can deal with now. That uh, are all because of the military. So that's the only thing I'll thank the military for. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, would you recommend the Air Force for uh, you know a, a struggling teenager <laughs> freshly graduated high school? Um, it's a lot different. So, not my job. My job is well, my job was and still is. Uh tough, full of anxiety, full of people like who are go-getters who want to be the best. There's a those w- those are the types that thrive. And um the kind of culture that that kind of brings is not well, it's it's easily toxic. Mm-hmm. So, uh I wouldn't necessarily say my job if you're going to go to the Air Force now. Uh, see, that's the thing. Because it's weird. I would say you should join whatever branch. I always say the Air Force because the Air Force takes care of you. And, um, but you should, if you need that kind of friction, mm-hmm. and I feel like everyone needs that kind of friction to uh, help mold their character. You know, kind of like beat out all the impurities. Yeah, and shit. I, I, but for every, I mean, it'd be different for anyone, right? Yeah, like exactly. Not everybody would have to need the, would need the same type of friction. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily say go through my go through what I did because mm-hmm. that was a uh, uh, there's a lot of people. There was a lot of suicide and drinking and shit. Like, there's a lot of death. Like, yeah, mental stress, like uh, alcohol abuse, you know, tobacco abuse. Be, yeah, that's and like overeating, like all the the. The bad shit that you hear uh, usually comes from the maintainer side in the Air Force. It's mm-hmm. because they're always under stress. They're always in a shitty, toxic environment, you know, all this and all that. And even inside the Air Force, people know that, like, uh, my job doesn't retain people. And the reason why it doesn't retain people is because, the, again, the climate or the atmosphere is very, very, like, toxic. And... um so, and a lot of people actually from my job, from uh, like maintainers or anywhere on the flight line, they actually do go to mental health. And, and like there was like a whole thing as I was transitioning out where like, yeah, we have a lot of you guys coming in. Like, what's going on? And we're like, yeah, it's shit. <laughs> 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 Sir. <laughs> um, so, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say everyone should go through that. It does... But it is, does depend on the person because, yeah. again, like my personality type was not good. <laughs> but before, uh, prior yeah, to joining the yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and going through stuff like that, going through main, uh, being involved in the maintenance culture for my personality was not good. 
I had to adapt. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason why I did well is because I did, and I already had the ability to adapt because I've been adapting my entire life. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, mm, but I would say go to a place where, yeah, you have to work. Yeah, you have to get your sh- be on point because people's lives are at stake or people's well-being is at stake, but go to a place where the well-being is, or sorry, the culture is less toxic. But in the military, it's always going to be, like, hyper-masculine and, like, toxic to a degree, mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, in the Air Force, you have a lot of places where you can go where it's not, it, like, where, where you're just cooking food or, you know. Just doing regular life doing shit. Doing regular life shit. Yeah, because uh. I, I have a, f- not friend, I went to school with her, but, like, we didn't, we weren't really friends. Mm-hmm. But she was cool, I liked her. Uh, in high school, she joined the Air Force, and um, I have her on Snapchat. And she 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 got stationed in Japan, but I don't even know where she works. And I just know that it looks fun as fuck. Like, yeah, yeah. But you have to get lucky for to where you get deployed, right? Because you weren't you weren't deployed. And no, that, w- so that, w- that wasn't by choice, huh? No. Um. Yeah, you have to get lucky. My job, which is really fucking weird, my job was a crew chief on a heavies. So on a carrier, aircraft uh, carrier. Aircraft car- no, 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 aircraft carrier. On on a carrier, as in like a airplane. A carrier plane, a plane that can carry stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, I think C is. I can't remember what the C is. I want to say C is for cargo. Aircraft cargo. No, 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 no. C one thirty. The C in the in the C one thirty. Oh, is I thought for it was cargo. AC one thirty. The AC is attack. Oh, yeah, the, the yeah, for cargo. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 AC or transport or whatever. Um, no, I think there's a different one for transport. But oh, yeah, okay. so uh, yeah. I was stationed or I was assigned to a plane that can carry people, right? And my job, one of the uh, offshoots to my job is being a flying crew chief, which is being dedicated to a plane and being able to fly with the plane wherever it goes. So a lot of people that were on uh, 130s were able to fly literally everywhere. Literally everywhere. Like Guam, uh, Africa, we're talking about the UK, we're talking about Afghanistan, we're talking about Taiwan, Japan, Australia, like a, like a lot of places, mm-hmm. right? But that's when you are at an... Uh, a squadron that's meant for that. Yeah. <clears throat> My squadron was meant for training pilots. So we didn't go anywhere. Yeah, you just, you <laughs> we bases. were just literally Damn. training pilots and watching our planes fly in circles. And then because the pilots were uh, new and incompetent, they would come down breaking for the stupidest shit. And we were just like, all right, you'd have to fix the same thing over and over again or, ha- or have to like... Uh, Handle it. like so you could get all your plane in like in a great order like you know what's going on yeah you, uh, you know you could be like the best crew chief ever and then one and two pilots come through uh start wrecking shit you just start wrecking shit and you're just like god damn it <laughs> I have to remove my landing gear I have to get n- a whole ass new fucking wing because they dip too out way oh gee, come on you know um but yeah uh. uh I was fortunate or unfortunate, lucky or unlucky, whatever the fuck happened, to be assigned to not just one training squadron, but two training squadrons. Oh, God. Yeah, so the one I went to went, was training, and I was like, cool, we get to go to a different one, and uh, if I like this plane, I went when I transitioned from 130s to 35s, um, if I like this plane, cool, I can, you know, we can go here, we can go there, and no, no, no. Plane was shit, culture was shit, mm-hmm. area was shit. I was like, time to get time to come to get the fuck out of here. But uh I wanted yeah, uh my first I could have gotten actually stationed in Japan. Um my first duty station I could swap out within two weeks with someone else. Mm-hmm. And some well, that's everyone. Everyone can swap out. Your first after you train for your job, you get assigned a... Uh, Somewhere, sometimes uh, you have to wait weeks or months, but you know, usually it's pretty quick for with my uh, AFSC or my job. Someone, my bud, got assigned Japan, but his father was like, you know, kind of sick and he wanted to stay near home. Mm-hmm. And his father lived in like Tennessee or something. Yeah, and you were stationed out in. Oh no no no! no. I didn't. I didn't have a station yet. 
Oh, so okay. he, this was before. Okay, okay, this okay. is before. So so he's he had like orders to Japan. I was like, hey, cool. Hey, uh, if I get anything near, uh, do you want to like you know swap? He's like, yeah, I, I would rather swap. He's only going to be in for like two three years. So he didn't really want to like he didn't really care to see the world. He didn't mind, but he was like you know more. You wanted know, to be close to his father. Close yeah. to his father. So uh, once I got orders to <laughs> Arkansas, I was like, bet, bro, let's let's swap. It was two days over the time limit. <gasps> So we couldn't swap. And I was like, what it, the Was fuck? that because you got your... your my your orders after. orders after? Okay. Mm-hmm, wow. mm-hmm. If we got ours at the same time we would swap, I would have went to Japan. My life would have been t- entirely probably different. different. I probably, yeah, but I will probably wouldn't have met you. So mm-hmm. that's a big mm-hmm. downside. But mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it would have been better for you, if anything. But uh, um, before I lose track of this question, because it's been sitting in the back of my head for mm-hmm. a little bit. But um, so when you were fixing aircraft, I know it's different, but how would you compare it to fixing a vehicle? Like, was is it kind of the same process like or did you have to think differently to order in order to <coughs> um every good mechanic if I can say this right every good mechanic should know but depending on what you're a mechanic to mm-hmm. but uh, like for like combustion engines or just like not not fuck that. Every good mechanic, <laughs> once you build up enough skill and understanding of how like things work, like mechanical linkage works, and how power can uh, get from one place to another, and all this and all that, right? Uh, it's easy to adapt to different systems as long as you have the mindset for it. Mm. If that makes sense. So I always like to understand how things worked. I always like to um, you know see how to think make things better or why they would stop working and that's just like how my brain worked at a very young age so once i started getting to you know mechanics or fixing aircraft i was like oh this is really really interesting like you know uh it was like right up my alley of like figuring out why this doesn't work or what's going on but like all the other small bits of like maintaining and inspections that was new to me and that was like really again hard for my personality type because I had like bad AD, ADD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like bad. Like focusing on one thing was really, really hard, uh, which I ended up beating out of me f- for the most part. Um, was that something you had it before you joined, or that yeah. you developed? Okay, okay. Before I joined, before I joined, yeah, way before I joined. Um, but after looking at the same, well, different, but the same. Uh, hydraulic actuator packs or like lines and after looking at the same brake lines and after looking at the same like you know structures uh over and over again you can get like complacency uh and there's a couple times where I was complacent and I missed something big and I got my ass ripped uh like ripped yeah no like oh it was just they drag you they drag you through everything, like for something small too. Like they drag you. That's that's why you get like anxiety because yeah. they drag you through everything, and like oh yeah, you missed this small little needle, this small little like you know metal thing, and it's near like a the door. Well, could have gotten into the the door links or door locks or something like that, and they wouldn't have been able to close the door. And then during like pressurizations, they would pop a door. Everyone would fly out in mid-flight and everyone would die. And then the fucking plane, since no one was alive on the plane, it would drop on a bus or a school and everyone would die. And you're like, Jesus Christ, why would you do that yeah, to me? Jesus, <laughs> like, all, yeah, dude, that sounds so terrible. Yeah. But I mean, I understand why they do it. Yeah. You want to scare it into you. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, exactly. To make you like less complacent. And I, I, get, I get that, but fuck. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, that's probably where like the anxiety starts developing. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, it's not the same, but it is, and it's a lot less. There's still so still run. There still runs. There are still some safety issues that could mm. happen with smaller engines, which yeah. is what I'm working on predominantly now. Um, and but it's uh, it's not like oh yeah, I don't put this nut on all the way, and then a couple hundred people die. It's more of like I don't put this nut on all the way, and the wheel falls off, and now you have to put the nut back on. Oh, okay, all right, wow, you know something like that. Mm-hmm. So. A lot less uh, extreme, <laughs> which is why I enjoy it. I didn't really want to be a mechanic, though, but uh, after six years of building up that ex- experience, mm-hmm. 
uh, and skills, you you, pr- I'm pretty much locked in at this point now. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm like eight years of experience for being a mechanic. <laughs> That's true, but I mean, you can still. Oh yeah, I can still transition. Still transition, you know, do other things, but. That's still, like, a good skill to have. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have much of it, but I can, you know, uh, I took construction in high school, so I, I, I can, you know, I can do household stuff and, I, you know, mm-hmm. at home and shit like that. So it's it's nice thing to have, and I'm pretty sure, you know, being, like, a mechanic, but you're basically, like, a... Yeah. Basically, I feel like, at this point, you can do anything. You can yeah. fix anything. I've seen you fix a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can roll through uh, a lot of things as long as I um, keep this like, same mindset. Yeah. We start getting into, like crazy shit like electrical diagrams which I don't have a too much experience with but or like uh things that uh require coding I would, which I would love mm. to learn but uh, it seems fun to learn but is yeah. it also seems very tedious to like it is it is it is definitely one of those like you have to uh, attention to detail kind yeah. of things yeah, yeah so if you can't keep a if you can't keep that up or you know have that skill, then it's going to be a lot harder for you to to do stuff like that. But uh, that is something I was trying to, I, w- I want to dabble in at least. <coughs> but yeah, no, um, working as a mechanic for Home Depot or, or anywhere, like as long as you know how to turn a wrench competently, it's fine. That's... Mm. That's what they always used to say is, like, can you turn a wrench? All right, cool. And, like, what does that mean? But, like, after a while, like, you're like, okay, lefty-loosey, righty-tighty. Okay, put this on to make it turn. Okay, I can do that. All right, well, then I, I can turn a wrench. So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> once you master the wrench, you basically can It's, it's it more off. of, like, once you master mechanical competency or at least uh, have the skill to understand something or to be competent of understanding how, like, mechanical linkage works or, like, why this isn't this move? Oh, probably because it's seized up. You need oil or lube, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, this is like, yeah, I can, I can, I'm, I have some baseline competency in that area. <laughs> yeah, so. Jesus. <sighs> Fucking yawning in here, but yeah, yeah. damn, dude, that sounds, it sounds like it was needed, though. Like, would you say, like, it, it helped you develop into. Oh, I think I already asked. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, but we never really got more into into that though. Yeah, develop as the person I am now. You know? Yeah, <clears throat> it, it played a big part, and yeah, well, no one really tells you the process of growing up, right? Like, well, yeah, you, you the superficial bullshit. Like, yeah, hey, you go through college. You know, you find a love interest, or you do all this, you do all that. You experience that little bit of the world. You get a job, you get a house, you have family. You know, you're grown. Woo. They don't really under, they don't really teach you like the baseline responsibilities or skills to be a competent and functional adult. Mm. Not just like working with money and shit. It's more of like developing those values or skills, skills. Mm-hmm. to not. To not to survive, honestly, because it's not just like it is a weird thing that you have to learn to do, which is in order to actually continue to move forward, you have to rely on yourself, and that means that you have to go, you have to ask those questions, you have to go, you have to. Uh, put yourself out there to do this. You have to go. You have to wake yourself up to do something mm-hmm. and because you need to survive, not just barely survive. You know, you need to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, no one, they didn't really teach, or I wasn't really taught how to be a comfortable adult. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the military just did help with that because you always had someone's eyes on you pretty much. And someone always telling you what to do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So after a while of that, it's just like you know, okay, now you can, you you can you can have their voice, or replicate their voice in your head, and then you know you can have that little asshole in the back of your head and be like, yeah, yeah. get the fuck up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, you know you're not supposed to do that. And I'm like, okay, fine, all right, all right, okay. All right, I'll so go. the the military helped you develop that mindset, right? Yeah, yeah. It it, uh, it strengthened it. I uh, I've also been very 
I've been uh, I've been an observer mm-hmm. for a while. I <laughs> mine mine is fucking blown the way you. <laughs> but yeah, this crazy. <laughs> crazy. So I I like I like I like observing people and those around me, but uh, not just like just just for entertainment. It's more of like yeah. to get the wisdom, to gather the wisdom from what they do. So I've al- I've always had that that bit. That 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 interest inside of me for a while. It it goes along the lines of, or, or uh, it's hand in hand with what I said earlier of like how I like to know how things work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to know how people work. That's like one of the most fascinating things to me is how people work, and especially how societies work and and everything. It's just it's so awesome. Um, and I I uh, I can empathize with how with what I see. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is something I didn't know a lot of people couldn't do, uh, at least the way I do it. Uh, you know, like everyone has their their own way of learning. And stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I can, if I can visualize it and recreate it in my mind, uh, I could, and empathize with that person that's in my mind, I can learn from that, from that experience. Just all in my head. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There's some. There will be some uh, kings I have to work out when when I you know reenact that outside of my head, you know, mm-hmm. um, or externally, but all internally, I, I could I could see something, visualize it, do it in my head, empathize to the point where I'm like, okay, this is me, or this is I am experiencing this. This is my now my memory, my experience, and then I can learn from it like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, I, uh, going through the military helped hone a lot of skills that I just had naturally, um, yeah, and gave me some that helped become the person I am today. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all right, so I, I already asked you at work, and then it pertains to this, but, like, mm. so... You know, you the military is what what helped you transition from from boy to man, right? In or a sense, w- yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you or would you would you consider yourself already a man? No, no, right? Okay. No. I probably am not gonna join the military. Mm-hmm. You know, for physical reasons, I'm a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It, yeah. it is something I thought about when I was younger, but like, I I just turned 21. I still see myself as a boy. I guess because mm-hmm. I haven't gone through that life changing experience, mm-hmm. and I have a co- I have a couple of friends who who have already. You know, they went from I can tell from when you know when they were from boy to man, basically. You know, matured, mm-hmm. mature, yeah, 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 mature, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I'm still struggling to find myself in a way. Mm-hmm. But like, what 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 would help me transition over? Because um, I know we talked about using, and I want to move out. Mm-hmm. And you, you said that you know that you know that'll help you know change your environment, mm-hmm. and then it's, uh, it'll it's challenge me. Yeah, and you mentioned before, and I was gonna say it earlier because you said surviving, and you said how like it'll help you to not just survive but to thrive. Mm-hmm. And like other than that, you know what 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 else would? So that's just me either. You know, for other other people <coughs> who are in that that same mindset, you know, trying to. So, uh, uh, this is gonna like kind of. Show kind of my views of parenting and stuff. Okay. Uh, okay. Fuck it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, as a child growing up, right, you should be taught, or you should at least be shown some skills of mm-hmm. how to be an adult because you're around them. You have the parents. You have all that, and they should also instill some values in you with what they do and how they do it and what they tell you. Right. Mm. So you're pretty much given like a baseline of skills, and as you go through life you need to work upon these skills, right? <clears throat> but you always have, like, a safety net of, or a fallback, and that will be them, at least if, you're, if you live in a good family. Mm-hmm. Um, being alone and having to use those skills for the first time for yourself in order to survive mm-hmm. helps mold you into 
or helps shed those wheels, you know, those training wheels. Yeah. Right? And put, because, like, what, at least what my mom was doing, um, she, I didn't really understand how she was being an adult other than the fact that she was going to work and, you know, taking care of us, right? There's a lot of skills that she had to develop and find herself in order to be, or to sustain yourself as an adult, or to to be to operate in that uh, uh, that next tier of life, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you won't, you can't be taught that. You but can you can be mentored into it. You can be shown examples, but you have to experience it yourself, yourself and be able to. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because you have to learn extra things or extra way of doing things or extra ways of like perceiving things or handling yourself uh, in order to be like, okay, yeah, I got this. Okay, yeah, uh, I can't do this because I need to do this as well as this and yada, yada. You know, like you you need to step out of your safety zone mm-hmm. um, to be able to do that. And honestly, like the military isn't really necessarily, uh, <clears throat> it wasn't really meant for that. It, it's it's meant to give you more skills. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because they do hold your hand. They hold your hand a lot because they give you money. They make sure that you are fed. Are fed. They make sure you, you are the military's property. So they're pretty much the mom and dad, you know, 2.0. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh-huh. Yeah. Or yes. if not mom and dad, then uncle and aunt. Yeah. You know, you know, they're less emotionally attached to you, but more like, okay, we'll help you out, you know. So, after I left the military, then I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then, like, life really, really hit me. And I was like, okay, no, I can I can move forward. I know I, I, I can visualize it. I can do it, right? And, um, eventually, I did. Uh, it was a really, really, really weird year and a half uh, afterwards. But, yeah, eventually I did. And um, I think that's what helped me become... <clears throat> The man I am is not only all the skills I learned, but my ability to gain wisdom from others and my ability, to, my, my wanting to know or to be independent. Because mm-hmm. I, I never, I always kind of wanted to be independent, to not have someone, you know, stress over me or to not have, uh, to not like be a leech and attach myself financially or emotionally to someone. Yeah. Um, so it was also my drive to be independent and to be an adult <coughs> in a sense, uh, that helped me become, you know, be where I'm at right now. So, uh, I guess for you, I would say, or for anyone would be to, yeah, step out, step out into the world. You can have a little bit of a safety net, um, at least an emotional safety net. I mm-hmm. wish I would have had that. I didn't really have what have that. <coughs> I didn't really allow myself to have an emotional safety net, but that's some, for something different. But uh, step out into the world, have that emotional safety net, but survive on your own. Like, actually survive on your own. And if you go broke and you fuck up and it hurts, like, try to keep beating, beating at that wall. Try to keep, you have to get past it. Because if you, if you don't, then you're going to go back to the go same old thing. Go back to your parents. And you, yeah, you're never going to fully develop. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you have a, to. It's, it's almost necessary to struggle. Yeah, yeah, you have to conquer that fear. Um, <clears throat> at least, at least in our society, you have to conquer that. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's still like, because fuck, like, mm. I have, I, I, it's hard for me to get out of my comfort zone sometimes, but I still push myself to do it. Mm-hmm. But I have noticed that a lot of people just don't. Like they're they're just they're comfortable with being comfortable, and mm-hmm. like I like being comfortable, obviously, because I don't have to worry about nothing. But I have pushed myself. I have done things to like get out of it, you know. Like like after high school, like I had to make my own doctor's appointments. Like I would like legit sit in my room, write a script, rehearse it, and then fucking call them. <laughs> and like it was just bad, bro. Mm-hmm. But like now, now, now I can do it. Now I can. I still don't like human interaction mm-hmm. it still feels weird but i can st- I, I can do it a lot more comfortably now yeah you feel like you're on a stage every time you try to talk yeah to it's it's, yeah, it's yeah, terrible yeah. like walking yeah, in here it, it you was get stage fright yeah, yeah basically. It's, it's weird yeah yeah 
I guess stage fright, I guess. That, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. I took theater in high school, and, like, I I was good at it. I liked it. It was fun, but mm-hmm. it, it was diff- it's different compared to life. I don't know. Like, mm. I, just, I do a lot of, like, overthinking before I do something in public. Like, if I'm like, oh, I have to go walk out to this thing. And, like, I'm, like, thinking about, like, oh, like, what the fuck? Like, they, they, they get, what if they think of this of me? Like, oh, look at this dumbass walking mm. in. Like, for some reason, I just, I get that a lot, but. I am working. It has gotten better compared mm-hmm. to when I when I was eighteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like is it is it when you see the person, you don't? Oh, uh, when you see the the whoever you have to walk up to, uh-huh. you stop seeing them as another person, and you see them as something more like your gateway that you have to uh, that you have to handle yourself correctly, otherwise they won't treat you the way you need to be treated or is it what what do you, what do you do like when you whenever you walk up to someone do you see them as human anymore cuz like you and I are you can just talk to me like yeah, a regular yeah. person no it's just like what do you do when you see cuz I don't know them I'm like wow, it's it's hard to explain cuz it happens a lot even now but you feel like in order to talk to someone you have to know them like you have to have some like baseline of like don't connection know them. I'm just it's about honestly there's a better way to put it I'm worried about the first impression I make. Mm, okay. Like if I come off wrong, then I'm like, fuck, like that's just going to ruin my, my vibe. But like I'll, there's times where I've gone in and like stuttered and like fucked up and like, it just, it kills the whole mood. And there's mm. other times where like I come in confident and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what was I stressing about? Like, this was like yeah. simple as hell. And like it got through, but I don't know why. I don't know. I just, I get that a lot. I just, I'm an overthinker. I really yeah. overthink a lot. And like, um, <coughs> I used to do the same thing. Um, I, I don't. I do it every now and then now, but usually when I walk up to someone, uh, I don't know what it is. My friends call it confidence. I don't call it confidence. I just, I just, I'm just okay with myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay, and I'm, okay, I'm also okay with people looking, looking at me. Not necessarily like. Just seeing me as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with people seeing me as a person. So I, I'm okay with walking up to someone and being like, hey, blah, if I need something like that. Earlier, I w- we had to <coughs> talk to that lady, and I was like, hey, I have some questions. <laughs> yeah, and then, but you, you saw yeah. how I was right before? Yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. shitting myself, but, <laughs> like, when I got here, I was fine, but then, like, I had to mm-hmm. talk to you. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. And uh, I'm also okay with seeming a little incompetent, or at least a little, like, a little bit of an idiot, because I don't know stuff here and if I if I don't get too in my head about that mm-hmm. and also I'm approaching someone with a question like I did with that lady uh, and I treat them with respect and I and I care about them and I and, I, and I'm being sincere mm-hmm. um, that also alleviates my stage fright because I know people that usually uh, respond to that kindly like yeah and if you walk up and you're like you're stuttering and everything that's okay because some people some people think that stuttering is like kind of cute or charming I've, <laughs> I've heard that a lot yeah I, i'm i get really embarrassed <laughs> when i stutter like it's just i stop yeah. talking i'm like fuck <laughs> like i've had people tell me oh that's adorable i'm like what yeah, like yeah. bro like you, you see the inside of my head i'm freaking the fuck out like <laughs> it's so yeah, yeah it's uh, they see they see it as like uh the the that little bit or that interaction as like um maybe a little bit like naive or childlike, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like they're they're treating you like a child at that point. They're just waiting for you to like get over your get over yourself and talk, you know. Yeah, so honestly, that's how I feel. Like once I stutter, it's like it's like fuck. Like I'm I'm already like I was like human, like person to person, and now like yeah. they probably see, I feel, minus I feel like ten years to your yeah. age or something like that. It's just, it's just <laughs> bad, dude, yeah, no, no, no. I got you. I got you. Like it used to be worse. Mm. Like I used to. I think I told you, it, but. I'll say it again. I used to get stuck on words. Like I would think of the word in my head, the the first word of the sentence, and like I just couldn't get out. I'd be like, I'm like, but now like it's gotten better. But I have been reading more, more, yeah. more recent, more than I was when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So that's I think I, I think that's what's helped me out a lot too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then I feel like also because I have to do a lot of things on my own. Mm-hmm. It, that's also like helped me out communicate because I know practice. Yeah, yeah. Because that that. And then oh that uh, rehearsing shit that happened when that was I haven't done that now like I can like call someone out and, like make an appointment mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. no worries, but that was you know fresh out of high school. Yeah, 
simplified. So yeah, it has gotten better. I have noticed that it has gotten yeah. a little easier and simpler to yeah, go through. I, I used to stutter a lot as well. Um, that was more of like a I had like I I didn't socialize well because I was bullied and I went into like deep depression when I was younger and mm-hmm. um after I kind of like shed a little bit of that it was easier for me to speak but it's more of like I didn't have the experience speaking with people or translating my my thoughts into words into words mm-hmm. right um <coughs> so uh, because I couldn't do it and I knew that there was a certain I, I'm always I'm so aware of the flow of conversation like it, I I I cringe so hard when people are awkward. It hurts me <laughs> because I'm so aware of the flow of conversation. And when someone comes up and they mess it up, it it, 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 it makes me feel horrible and I get angry at them. <laughs> so I get angry at myself as yeah. well. Um, and I used to get angry at myself a lot whenever I would come up and then I would do like what you said, similar to you. I would stutter or I would say the wrong thing and I'm like, fuck, that's not, uh, I'm ruining the flow, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and um, now uh, I'm not confident was the word. Uh, I have the experience being in that flow of conversation. I have the experience or I have that understanding um and yeah, I don't know. Is there's, there's a certain way of saying it that's just like escaping me right now. Um, uh, it's like when you you're so used to to certain things after a time. I, I, I've been alive for so long, uh, and I've been in social circles for so long. I'm used to that atmosphere i'm used to that un- that that way that flow of conversation that now i'm like i'm w- i can be one with it Does that makes sense yeah. uh I, I don't know what that's called uh i guess uh, i've adapted to it i've adapted to speaking to other people that's weird <laughs> <laughs> saying that out loud but i've adapted with uh communicating with people yeah uh, at least the act of communication mm-hmm. and the flow of conversation. I've adapted to it. Um, at least verbal conversation. I fucking hate texting. Jesus Bro, Christ, I, dude. I do a lot better over text than I do in person. But, I mean, yeah. even... I, I don't mind talking in person yeah. either, but... I cannot. It doesn't bother me. But I, 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 I get you, though. I'm so awkward when it comes to texting. I hate it, dude. I hate it. Yeah. It's just like... Yeah, but... um. I'm I'm straight into the point with text. Sometimes I'm silly, but I'm straight into the point with text. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I've had a confidence or a understanding or I, what what did I say? I've had enough experience uh turning your your thoughts into words. Yeah, with yeah, people. and I've adapted to it. So it just feels okay. It doesn't feel foreign to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just like talking to people anyway, so yeah, uh, I do too. Well, because uh, well, uh, with coworkers, it's just easier to like. To, I don't know. It's just yeah, easier to talk mutual to people. Though. Yeah, so it, it, that that gets the 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 weirdness out out the, the awkwardness out the way. Yeah. Like, I mean, you already have some sort of sort of foundation with that person. Yeah. So like, you it's easier for you to step up to them because you have mutual foundation. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get you. <laughs> we have about one more minute left yeah, before we have to finish. But yo, this was actually. Like our first, this is gonna be my our, like the first formal podcast that I've had because the last ones we recorded it in in a park on a bench mm. with my cell phone, mm-hmm. and like now we're sitting in a room with two microphones and like it sounds good. This is this, yeah, this, sounds, this fantastic. sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. This is like a six hundred dollar equipment though. I know. I just this oh, is this is what I need. This is amazing. This yeah, yeah you, you might as well. I mean, if you have a place for it, you can. Yeah, I don't, know I don't at the moment, <coughs> but that that's that's the goal. That's the goal, and to do that. What time is it? It's uh, two fifty-seven. Damn. Yeah, so we've been going for about fifty minutes on this recording, yeah. and there was about twelve to fifteen on the previous one. So I'm, I'm hoping it's still saved. Yeah. But if it. not, you know, this is this was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Is yeah. there anything you want to leave behind? Uh. <laughs> uh. I didn't even know that was gonna. Be s- that was really fast. Um. 
She went, went by pretty quick. My yeah. bad. Yeah. No, no, no. You're fine. Uh, just thinking about that. Because I want to do more of this. Right. If not with you, with like, you know. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm 100% down before mm-hmm. you before you move to Tennessee, right? Yeah, Tenasty. Tenasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, I would, yeah, I guess, uh, thank you for inviting me. I don't even, you didn't even, you didn't plug the podcast. What is this podcast name? You didn't tell me what the name was. Oh, so, hmm? the name might change, but okay. originally there was four of us. Okay, okay. They're all married now, okay, or in yeah, very yeah, serious yeah. relationships. Yeah, and yeah, and I'm still in school, so I'm I'm still flexible with it. <coughs> but this was so. This is supposed to be the uncensored motherfuckers podcast. Uncensored yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, but it's probably just gonna be the motherfuckers podcast. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Well, if uh, some of them, some of your friends are married now, they will soon be motherfuckers. So. <laughs> literally, literally, bro. Hey, there you go. The name fits. No, oh, okay. So All right. Well, um, this was a good episode, number four. Number four. So hopefully, yeah, it should be good. Yeah, but yeah it'll be fun. I appreciate you hopping oh. on the podcast. Thank you for being the first guest of the the, the podcast too. This was very well created. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. All right. And we need to do it again, but, you know, until next time. Until next time. Bye.